Hello, hello. Just letting you know that I have got a bit of a potty mouth. So if you're surrounded by kids or people who are easily offended, you might want to pop your headphones in for this one. All right. Ta-ra. Hello friends! Oh, this is a little bit exciting, isn't it? Welcome to my podcast. I'm Ollie Ted Lewis and this is Ollie Ted Talks. Ollie Ollie Ted Talks. Ollie 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 Ted Talks. Yes, I'm finally here. I'm doing it. Um, I've actually attempted to record this first episode probably about five times at this point. Um, but... <laughs> It's it's been a journey. Um I kept changing the topic of what I actually wanted the podcast to be, which was not helpful. And also, I'm a Virgo, um for anyone that didn't know. Um yes, I'm one of those people who, you know, I, I wouldn't say that I'm obsessed with astrology, but I I like I I like to know about it, you know. And as a gay man, I guess it's the only um <laughs> thing that I can follow that doesn't hate me. Uh, so, you know, unlike most religions. So there's that. Um, but yeah, I'm a Virgo. And what that means actually is that I am a bit of a perfectionist. Yeah, a bit of a, bit of a perfectionist. And um, <laughs> every time that I've like made this first episode so far, it just hasn't gone to plan. Um, and the first time I made it, this is truly, like, this just shows how much of a perfectionist I am. Um, I recorded an episode, and, like, I listened to it back the first time, and I was like, oh, yeah, like, that'll do. That's all right, that, isn't it? And then I, like, ended up listening over to it again, just to be sure. And I was like, mm, you know, oh, I'm not too sure about this part. I'm not too sure about that. So I was like, right, opened Garage Band up, started editing, taking little bits out, every um, every ah. Uh, Every time I made a weird noise, um, which, you know, I make, I make some weird noises sometimes. Uh, let's not delve into that too much. Um, then every time I made a shit joke, which is very regularly, let me have you know. Um, and <laughs> I just ended up cutting out literally most of it. And then, so the final product of this first recording that I did was just completely devoid of any personality whatsoever. I, I just, I wasn't in the podcast. There was just words edited clips of little words for like 20 minutes and um I was like yeah I can't put this out it's fucking shite <laughs> um but I've got a feeling this is my, this is like the fifth time I've tried to record my first episode I've got a feeling this is going to be the one okay I'm feeling positive about it I'm feeling good um I'm gonna you know put the perfectionism to one side for now let's shove that out the way and this is it hello my First episode of my podcast, Ollie Ted Talks. How are we doing? Uh, you, yes, you, listening to this right now. Hiya. Hope you're well. Uh, thank you for tuning in. I um, I don't even know if anyone's going to listen to this, but I just like to talk. And usually when no one else is present, you know, like <laughs> other people make me a bit uncomfortable. So being able to just talk in my bedroom on my own into a mic and say everything I want to say without like people's eyes on me, but people are still hearing what I'm saying. Oh, ideal situation for me. Perfect. Amazing. So hey, I guess I should start introducing um, what the podcast is going to be about, how it's going to run. How are we going to roll? All right. So um, each episode, I'm going to have a set topic. So there'll be a topic of the week. And um, that'll be like the first little section. On this episode, I'm just going to talk 
about my experience with the topic that I've chosen, which you will find out shortly. Um, and then after that, there'll be other segments with the topic of the week thing. Um, once I've done a few episodes, I'm probably going to start bringing on guests and they can come on and help me talk about certain things and we can have some nice little convos. It's, it's all going to be good fun. So that'll be like the first section of the podcast. After the topic of the week, there'll be um, like a section that I've called album of the week. Okay. Now, anyone who knows me will know that I'm the biggest pop culture nerd ever. Love it. 2007, best year on earth. Um, not for Britney Spears, bless her, but for, for pop culture, it was a very good year. Um, and within that I, is pop music. And as a kid, I was completely and utterly obsessed with pop music in particular. Like I used to really love the charts um, and they used to play on a Sunday night. And I remember I just used to sit in my room every Sunday night and listen to them count from 40 to one, the entire charts. And I, I was just obsessed with it. I loved it. Um, and I actually remember once my mum, <laughs> my mum invited like a group of my friends round or something, or maybe, maybe it was like family friends. They were all at our house when we were kids. And like, <laughs> instead of like going out into the garden and playing with all these kids that like had been invited round to my house, all I wanted to do was sit in my room and listen to the charts. <laughs> I must've only been about seven or eight years old. And I remember my mum being like, come on, like, come out, like we, you've got friends, like let's go outside and play. And I was like, no, no, like, I'll, I don't, I want to listen to the charts, Mark. <laughs> what a fucking nerd. That just sums me up, really, doesn't it? Um, but yeah, so I'm going to have like a little album of the week segment each week where I'll talk about the album that I think you should be listening to after this podcast, of course. Like, don't, don't turn this off and put it on. Uh, <laughs> you know, g- give me a chance to, um, let you know why you should listen to it and, you know, do all the other segments too. And then, you should go and listen to the album that I choose this week because I like to think that I have impeccable music taste and you really should be in on that. Mm. So that'd be my second segment. <laughs> then the third one will be what I'm going to call um, my uh, and uh, of the week. <laughs> um, yeah, so my uh, <laughs> of the week will be um, something that I like. So something from the week, or it could be from any time. I'm going to try and keep it topical though. Something that I love, in fact, something that I love. This is the thing that I love, you know, it just makes you want to go, ah! because I just love it so much. Um, and then obviously my <sighs> of the week will be something that I really hate, that I really don't like, something that I've got a gripe with for some reason or other. Again, I'll try and keep it topical, but to be honest, I don't watch the news, so I'm probably just going to, you know, throw out some fascists or some some things that are just annoying, ugly, you know, obviously ugly on the inside, I'm not mean. Um, <laughs> and, oh, you know, do you know what, some, you know, fascists, a lot of them are ugly on the inside and the outside, so, yeah, just things that I hate, things that make me go, <sighs> things that make me go, <sighs> things that make me go, <sighs> things that make me go yeah baby okay and then that'll be it oh no i've missed out a whole segment in there there's also going to be a segment questions stories and queries from my friends or from you if you want to write in um yeah that is a thing um oh god i'm i don't think i'm maybe i will do that right at the end I don't know, this might not necessarily be in order of how it all goes down. I'm still figuring that out. We'll see how, we'll see what 
flows naturally. But yeah, I, I've been putting questions out. Or no, I've been putting like on my Instagram for people to send me in questions, stories, queries. Um, this week, I've just got them to send me anything. But from once I start like putting these episodes out, I'll have certain topics that people can talk about and that are related to each episode and, y- you know, that kind of thing. So I guess I should talk a little bit about what's inspired me to start this podcast. Um, so I've been listening to podcasts for ages now, like a good few years, and um, I found actually that my favourite podcasts, the one that, the ones that I really love, are ones that are just people um, talking about their own life experiences, stuff that they've gone through, um, and just the ones that are quite personal, I would, I love to listen to people just chat about themselves for ages. It's, I find it quite therapeutic, really. Um, and I feel as well, when you're listening to someone talking on a podcast and they're talking about stuff that they've been through, even if you can't necessarily relate to what they, what has happened to them or the stuff that they've encountered in their life, just hearing them explain it and stuff. I mean, I think I'm a big empath, 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 empath empath i think that i'm quite empathetic anyway uh, <laughs> but yeah i love i love listening to people just talk about stories of their life and um so that's what i'm gonna do on here yeah. uh one of my favorite podcasts is by a comedian from new york she's called eve ellen bogan oh my god her podcast it's called everyone's doing better than me and basically the podcast is just <laughs> it's just an excuse for her to get people she knows on and she just roasts them and basically tells them all the reasons that she's jealous of them and that they're doing so much better than she is um and it's great because like a lot of the time she'll say stuff to try and make the guests feel uncomfortable and you know obviously she's a comedian she's got a really good sense of humor about it like she's so charismatic and funny and um (laughs) i just love that because i feel like i can be like that too like any excuse for me to bring up the fact that I am a gay male. <laughs> like, obviously, I am a white male, so my privilege is there. You know, I'm aware of it. But being gay, you know, obviously, I've been through quite a lot, which I'm going to talk about in this episode um, in regard to my sexuality. But I just, I, you know, I don't feel like I would use it against someone in a serious argument or something. But I love, I love to just take the piss and be like, oh, you're being homophobic. Hmm? <laughs> uh, that's actually really homophobic. <laughs> I just love it. I love it. It's something that I get to do quite often because straight people just say stupid shit all the time, don't they? <laughs> um, but yeah, Eve's podcast, Everyone's Doing Better Than Me. Uh, recommend it highly. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Okay, so with what I've just said in mind, um, I will introduce you to this week's topic of the week. Ooh. I don't know why I'm impersonating a ghost. I just... Don't ha- I don't have like a segment intro or anything, so I'm just gonna. I mean, I... <laughs> so unprepared for this podcast. Um, I, you know what? You probably already know the topic of the week, so I've probably put it in the description. Um, but for those of you who haven't read, this week's topic of the week is sexuality. Yeah. Um, I have just said that I like to hark on about being a gay man all the time, so that is what I'm gonna do. Um, you know, it, I've I've got some tales. I'm not gonna make it too depressing all right and uh it could be but i'm gonna focus on the funny parts of it okay because growing up gay in a straight world it is not easy it really isn't but it can provide you with some quite humorous experiences within all the uh other shit um and actually you know to to, just to put it out there right now um I'm, i'm 26 years old now 
And I am so glad that I'm gay. Like, I love being a gay man. Um, obviously, it's just one aspect of my personality. Um, being gay doesn't define you at all, and you know, your sexuality doesn't. Um, but I, I love it. You know, I've met some of the best people and had some of the best experiences of my life as a result of of being gay. Um, you know, it's brought. You know, it's it's also definitely contributed to my impe- impeccable music taste. That's for sure. Um, and yeah, I just I love being part of the LGBTQ community. Um, However, that wasn't always the case, and uh, I've had to go through quite a bit of shit to get to this point in my life, so um, yeah, I'm going to tell you a little bit about um, me and my sexuality and my journey with it. Let's take a journey together, okay? So, um, to do that, I will have to take you all the way back to my early childhood, I guess. Um, I think the signs have always been there. My mum says she's known I was gay since I was a baby, yeah. I think she started to get the hint when I kept repeating daddy as my first word. Mm. No, um, yeah, the signs that I was gay were there from a very young age. I remember being about five years old, and I had this, like, obsession with my mum's pink nail varnish. Um, I remember she used to, like, put it on my sister's fingers, and I would, like, sit and watch, and I'd be like, oh, I really want want it. So, like... I asked my mum, I was like, oh, well, can I can I have the pink varnish on my nails? And I remember my mum being a bit reluctant, but she was like, I'll, do you know what, I'll, I'll put it on your, you can have it on your two big toenails, okay? Um, I don't know why, but she just put it on my two big toenails. And then I went into school the next day and we were like, went in for assembly um, into the hall. And I can't remember if we had to do this every day or if it was just on this one occasion, but we had to take our shoes and our socks off. And, um... Obviously, I had these two bright pink toenails, and I remember looking down and seeing them and just being absolutely mortified. And I, this just shows how early on we get kind of gender roles really drilled into us, because I was only about five years old. And I, I remember I was like, I've got these pink toenails. Like, I can't, I, I, no one else can see these. Like, this is, this, pink, to- pink toenails are for girls. Like, I can't be seen with these. And I remember like, scrawling my feet up into the most uncomfortable position known to man and, like, <laughs> trying to walk around while m- with my nails facing the ground <laughs> so that people wouldn't see them. Obviously, people did see them, and I remember a load of boys, like, turning around and, like, laugh- giggling at me and being like, why have you got pink toenails? And I was just, like, mortified. And, yeah, that kind of shit happened to me a lot growing up. Um... I don't think the word gay ever got used until I was about nine or ten. I feel like that's when kids my age started to cling on to the word gay and throw it at me. And um, at this point, I didn't even know what gay was, you know. I don't think... Obviously, you don't... I didn't... I personally didn't start um, having kind of sexual feelings until I was about ten. Ten years old is when I first remember having those kind of feelings where puberty's hitting and you're like, oh... What's this? Why am I staring at this boy all in my class all day every day, you know? Um, but it was before even that that I remember first getting called gay. I remember going out of um, my house with my younger sister and she had all these little toy dolls and stuff and I always used to play with their Barbies and I fucking loved it. Uh, <laughs> but um, I remember I was like, oh, let's take your little toy doll out in the pram. So at this point, I think maybe I was eight years old and she was about six. So we were walking down the estate with my sister and this little doll and I remember these boys coming up to us and like sh- shouting over at us, being like, "Oh my god, 
Olive, Ollie's playing with um, all these toy dolls. Oh my God, he's so gay. You're gay. And I just remember them shouting like the word gay at me. And in my head, that is the first time I remember kind of hearing this word. Um, and it did not, it didn't feel good. I, di- I didn't like it. Um, but I was so young that I didn't really connect it to anything. I didn't, didn't understand any of it. It was just a word that started getting thrown around more and more. And then, obviously, as I went into secondary school, it was literally the word that everyone used every single day to kind of insult people. And, like, from a young age, it had always been very clear that I was different to other boys, you know? Like, I I never was into sports. I didn't like wrestling. I um, always hung out with girls rather than boys. Um, And I really liked Barbies and pink and just, you know, it sounds very stereotypical. Obviously... Not every gay man or, you know, queer person, you know, has these specific traits that I had. But yeah, I was always obsessed with Britney Spears from a very young age. Like, absolutely, like, top idol, loved her, um, still do. And yeah, just there was these little things that are characteristics that are quite common in gay men that I um, very much had from a very, very young age. And uh, other kids obviously picked up on that. And uh, yeah, I always was kind of ostracized in school for being different. But... Um, when I was when I turned eleven, um, my family actually moved. So originally, we lived in a little town called Hay on Wye, which was like right on the border between Mid Wales and England. Um, literally right on the border. I mean, one side of the town was in Wales, and then the other side. If you wanted to go to the shops, for example, you'd have to go across the river and you'd go to England to go to the shops. Um, but when I was eleven, we moved out of that cute little town and we moved to Hereford, which was like the nearest city. Um, and when I say city, it is a Hereford is very small, but in my head as an 11-year-old, we were moving to this huge land because, you know, having lived in a town with about a thousand people in, to (laughs) moving to uh, Hereford, which, you know, isn't a huge city, but felt big. It was quite an overwhelming step um, in my childhood. And yeah, so I went to this school and I did not know a single person in the school that I moved to in secondary school. And at that age, it's just, I think especially having come from such a small place, It was a very vulnerable time and my social anxiety was just through the roof. Like I really, really struggled to make friends. So instantly I was like different to everyone else. Like I was like the person who nobody knew, who didn't talk to anyone, who was just very reclused. Reclused? Is that a word? Reclused? Reclusive. Very reclusive. Um, So that, that kind of probably put me like that probably put like the wrong foot forward going into secondary school is that I don't even I think I'm just making up sayings here <laughs> um but yeah it didn't get me off to the best start I remember really um finding it hard to find my place in secondary school around all these kids that I'd never seen before and I mean there was about I feel like there was about a hundred odd people in each year um at the secondary school I went to so yeah very overwhelming um and from there on, the word gay was just an insult used every single day to describe the person who is a freak, who is the lowest of the low. Like, oh, that's so gay. You're sh- it just meant stupid. It meant dumb. It was, it, you know, I just remember hearing it every single day. And all I associated the word gay with was the most negative thing. It, you know, everyone said it. Even as they said it, they'd scrunch up their face. You're gay. You know, it was, it was not a, it was not a friendly word. <laughs> um. And obviously, because of the um, word gay, what it actually, you know, has meant for a long time, which is, you know, attracted to the same sex, 
um, a lot of the things that made people gay um, were characteristics that I was displaying at that age. And so it got thrown at me a lot. And um, I felt really defensive about it. And I hated it. I was like, I hate people calling me gay. Like, I, I just, it was, it was not, not fun. Um, so then, I mean, when I started getting these feelings for boys, and I'm, I can actually remember the exact moment that I realised that I was gay. I was like stood at my school locker in uh, in the secondary school that I went to, and I I, I could literally rem- I can picture the exact moment that it clicked in my head, and you know I remember I was having a really hard time at school, I was getting bullied quite a lot, all these all this name calling and stuff, and I just remember being at my locker and just having this eureka moment where I was like oh my god, this horrible word that all these people keep saying is me. I am gay. Like, I think about boys constantly. And it was just like, it just blew my mind. And naturally, straight away, my instinct was to be like, I have to keep this secret till the day I die. (laughs) Like, I was like, I cannot let anyone know being gay was just such a sign of weakness. And I already had so much not going for me you know the school the secondary school I went to was a very sporty school and I, I didn't like sports wasn't really clicking with anyone in my year and it was just like I was just like I can never let anyone know that I'm gay <laughs> I won't talk about secondary school for too long because fuck me what a depressing time hey I think just about every gay person hated being in secondary school I would you could pay me a million pounds and I probably wouldn't re- actually you know what i probably would relive it but with the m- brain that i have now so that every person that bullied me i could just tell them to go fuck themselves and like own them with all the insults and shit that i now have under my belt <laughs> but back then when i was a very insecure shy person couldn't do all that stuff um do you know what one mem- one memory i have that makes me howl and i'm like fuck no wonder i got bullied um so we used to always they we always used to be made to play rugby and oh my god being in like the changing rooms in PE is such a triggering thing when you're gay because you just get tortured. And then on top of that, you're in a room with all these other boys who are stripping off naked. And, you know, imagine like a little straight boy being put in a room full of girls who are like stripping off naked. Like it would be a very uncomfortable situation for that boy, right? Because he'd be getting very fucking excited. Well, that is the experience of a gay person you know, <laughs> growing up. But like, oh God. I don't, it's such a it's such a bizarre thing to talk about now but yeah that was weird um but I remember they um used to make us all play rugby and I remember being in this rugby match and um I was like running through the field I, I used to just hate it so much I hated all sports actually quite liked hockey but rugby no um and I was like running through the field and I just started singing get your head in the game from high school musical that was the only way I could get through the sports game <laughs> because <laughs> I just fucking hated it. So I'd be like running around, fucking up the game because I wouldn't be do- following the rules or anything and pe- other people would get so fucking annoyed. And I'd just be like, I gotta get my get my head in the game, like audibly singing. And other boys would be like looking at me like, what the fuck is this kid doing? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I got bullied quite a lot. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I started to feel a little bit more comfortable with my sexuality I'd say like the very last year of my secondary school experience, people have grown up a little bit and um, being gay for the first time actually at that age, because I hadn't, I didn't really feel like I had any queer representation in media or around me. Um, But 
you do get your kind of TV shows with your stereotypical gay best friend. I remember being about 15 and um, having this group of girls who actually really wanted to be friends with me, but it was because they wanted a gay best friend and they, they wanted someone to, you know, give them fashion advice and hold their handbag for them and, you know, talk about boys. Yeah, all the stuff that when young girls want a gay best friend, that's what they're looking for. And I kind of got adopted into this friendship group with a bunch of girls purely because they were like, oh, he's gay, let's 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 bring him in. And, you know, they were actually, the, even though obviously that is a little bit problematic nowadays, um, it was actually really nice because it was the first time that I'd kind of seen my sexuality as a positive and used for something nice. Like these girls wanted to be my friends because I was gay rather than, you know, seeing it as a weakness and a reason to pick on me. Um, and like, I am not a fashionable person. I mean, I I have a nice dress. I feel like... I have a nice dress sense now that I've earned through the years because I've there's been some tragic tragedies <laughs> in my fashion sense in the past. But as a 15-year-old, I did not like fashion. I hated shopping. That's another, another thing that people think about gay men is that they love shopping. Nah, I fucking hate it. Um, and also, I mean, I could do the whole sit and talk about which boys are fit thing, but the problem with that was half the boys I thought, thought were fit also <laughs> bullied the shit out of me. So yeah, we won't go there. Um, but it was just nice for the first time for my gayness, my queerness to be viewed as a positive thing. Um, and I think I really needed that. And then when I was, so I left left school, was absolutely over the moon to be leaving that place, hated it. And then I decided to do a performing arts um, diploma at the art college. I know, very gay. Uh, and yeah, I decided not to go to the sixth form that all my schoolmates were going to because I just did not want to be in a school environment anymore. I hated it. I did get into the sixth form. I'm pretty sure I got the grades for it, but I was like, no, this ain't for me. I don't want to be around these people anymore. So yeah, I went a bit left lane, went to the arts college and did performing arts. And there actually, I really found my people. It was the first time I think I'd been around people who I felt really understood me and I got on with. And I'd kind of built up this wall at that age because I was so used to being like picked on for being different. I remember going in and I was this really, really shy kind of guarded person and um to then be around these other people who had similar interests to me who didn't really care if I was gay straight bi whatever it was it was amazing and those two years of college really I really came out of my shell and I kind of found myself and it was it was lovely um that sounds really cheesy but it was it was great um and then obviously that kind of led me to have a slightly better relationship with my sexuality. Came out to my family. I'll probably do a separate episode on coming out um, because it's quite a, you know, it's quite an intricate thing to talk about. Um, but yeah, I came out at 16, which actually, considering I, I really didn't feel like I had any queer representation around me, I think 16 is a very young age to come out. I didn't have a boyfriend or anything. I, I just had been holding on to this secret for such a long time that, yeah, I was, re I was ready to tell people. Um, so quite proud of myself for that. Scariest thing I've ever done. Hardest thing I've ever done coming out the closet. Like, fuck me. But yeah, we'll talk about that in a different episode. Um, and then turned 18. And my 18th birthday, I had my first ever gay club experience. Mm. And I tell you what, ooh, what a night that was. Me and one of my best friends, Louisa, who's still one of my best friends to this day. Um, we went out together on my 18th birthday to a gay club in Cardiff. We went clubbing there. And um, I, I will never forget walking into this club 
and just seeing people who looked like me. They danced like me, they had mannerisms like me, and then uh, boys were kissing. It was amazing. And then up on the screens, they were playing like Cher Lloyd and like Cheryl Cole and Alexandra Burke and all these pop divas that I really loved that I had never really attributed to the fact that I was gay. I didn't, I didn't really re- understand that these were things that are very common within, within the LGBT community because I'd never been exposed to it. I just knew what I was interested in and the things that I liked. So yeah, walking into this space where it was just full of people who were similar to what I was like. It was, it was incredible. It was this, and this night out was amazing. I actually um, ended up <laughs> meeting this, I say celebrity. He was on the show Big Brother. I won't say what his name was because I don't even know if he's out the closet, but I ended up kissing him on this night out. <laughs> and I remember like, yeah, like the next day just being like so fucking excited because I was like, oh my God, I've just had the best night out. It was full of people like me. I met someone from a TV show that I love and we kissed. Oh my God. Like it was just so fucking cool. Like loved it. And then when I, so I was 18 years old, I then moved to the Northeast of England um, to go to university in Newcastle. And um, from there on, I just became really engulfed in this whole LGBT community. Um, I had my first relationship. Um, I'll do an, I'll do a separate podcast on relationships, but yeah, I, I had, I ended up in relationships and then had my first breakup, first heartbreak. But in that time I got this job in a gay bar, um, called Rusty's in Newcastle. Um, yeah, I can say the name, can't I? I mean, I'm, I highly recommend going there once the pandemic's over because it's the funnest night out ever. Um, but yeah, I started working in this bar and, um, oh my God, it was amazing. It was like, I lo- you know what? The, one of the reasons that I loved it so much was because I was this fresh twink, you know, this little 18 year old guy, boy. I was a boy. I was a boy really. Um, and actually thinking back, it's probably a bit creepy, but I just remember feeling like everyone fancied me. <laughs> Uh, you know, mostly slightly um, pervy older men. But, you know, like, I I loved the attention. It was great. Because I, I had never really experienced that kind of thing. Um, obviously, I'd been in a relationship at this point. But, yeah, I just remember being on this bar, just serving drinks. It was my first job. But I just always felt like the center of attention. It was fab. Um and yeah, with, that was the first time I kind of ended up with this little queer community and I made lots of friends um, and my life literally just became this little gay scene for about a year while I worked there, um, which was fab. There are a lot of cons to that. Like working in this bar, I did end up drinking quite a lot. Um, and also there was a lot of toxicity and I think that can be quite common within gay spaces especially because it's all these people who have dealt with a lot of stuff. You know, being gay, you do, you deal with a lot of su- suppression and, uh, that, I mean, you know, you can read, there's lots of books about, um, the effects that gay shame has on people growing up and, you know, some, some really good ones I've read, um, To Be a Gay Man by Will Young, Straight Jacket by, oh, what's the author called? Matthew Todd. Um, those two books are incredible and really, um, dissect the reasons that we have gay shame and um, what that affects on us. 
the effects that that has on us in our adult life. And, you know, having read that book now, I'm like, okay, yeah, I can see that a lot of the stuff that was going on in the community was not not so great. Um, but being in this bar full of the weirdest, most flamboyant, campest, funnest people you could ever know, oh, it was the be- it was the best experience. And I look back really fondly on that year in my life. Um, and I was very young, um, but I loved it. It was great. And yeah, that's kind of led me on to um, being an adult. I love gay clubbing. So much fun. Um, I love celebrating queerness. I am really, really passionate about, um, you know, being loud and proud about the LGBTQ community. You know, just a few months ago, actually, I was having a conversation with these people who um, don't really understand pride or why we do it. Um, They weren't being hateful or anything, but they were just, uh, how do I put it? (sighs) A bit ignorant. (laughs) And I actually was able to sit there calmly and explain to them the reason that we do have pride and um, what that means and why it's so important to people like myself. And they actually came away from that conversation a lot more educated. And that's that's something that I think we should definitely push for more, is we need more LGBTQ education so that people don't have these like narrow-minded views or misunderstandings of what it means to be queer. Um, so yeah, I, well, I mean, I really hope that one day we have that in education, because that that would have helped me a lot. Um, but yeah, at a place now, very, very happy about being gay. Love it. Um, and that concludes my little talk on sexuality, I guess. That was my topic. That was my experience. If you've had any other, um, any similar experiences to me, or, you know, you just want to talk about some of the topics that I've touched on, please send me a message. I'm at Ollie Ted Lewis or at Ollie Ted Talks on Insta. Or you can email me hello.olliedhead at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. Oh, are we ready to go on to the next segment? I think we are. Let's do it. All right, I've decided that the questions, thoughts, queries, stories part is going to go here. Um, That's a decision I've just made now. And I think I'm going to stick with it here. It just feels right after I've babbled on for a load of time, um, to bring some other voices into the situation, you know? So um, I put on my Instagram a couple of days ago for people to send me questions, thoughts, and stories. And I had quite a big response, actually. Got a few fans, haven't I? Um, so yeah, I'm going to read some of them out and answer. Let's do it. So Chloe said... I think you should discuss misconceptions about people who are LGBTQ+. Thank you, Chloe. That is, creepily, very related to what this episode is about. Maybe I am just so readable that it was like, obviously he's going to do his first episode on sexuality. Uh, (laughs) But I'm glad that there is an interest for it. Hi, Chloe. Uh, Chloe is a friend of mine who I actually met online when we were teenagers, um... This kind of relates to secondary school. And um, we met on like a Big Brother fan site thing where you, it was like, oh, it was so nerdy. Um, But yeah, we met in real life. And actually at that time, our little community we had on the internet was really um, my closest friends I had when I was of school age, which is so sad. But it was, it was, yeah. Hi, Chloe. (laughs) 
Um, misconceptions about people who are LGBTQ+. All right, that is a good one. Um, I actually, so I do a bit of stand-up comedy and I've actually got a little part in my stand-up comedy set where I talk about misconceptions about being a gay man. Um, but, I mean, we're in a pandemic. I haven't done this set in so long. I can't even remember what I say. Um, but I think there's different misconceptions for each, for different parts of the lgbtq plus community like for me as a gay man there are things that are very specific to me that i have misconceptions like i spoke about earlier people expect gay men to be obsessed with fashion shopping to be the campus person the loudest person in the room i can be that thing sometimes but i'm not always and actually you know if you go to a gay club um it depends what gay club you go to actually but there's all different types of gay men and gay people um and actually, you know, a lot of gay men struggle because they don't feel like they fit into the stereotypes that are expected of them or that are viewed as kind of gay and they don't feel like they fit in with the community and that can create a lot of inter- internalised homophobia um, and kind of hate towards people who are that spe- like typical queer thing that that kind of people view as weak or annoying or I don't know. Yeah. Um, but then also there's misconceptions that... Uh, trans non-binary people are mentally ill which is obviously quite horrific and totally untrue um i think people have misconceptions that people who are non-binary are just attention seeking or um doing it i mean i'm not non-binary so i can't speak for them but i i definitely see stuff online that um suggests that people who don't fit into the categories of male or female and um I mean, come on, there's like billions of people in the world, like everyone's going to fit into these labels we have for each other. Um, But yeah, everything's on a scale, isn't it? And I think that can lead to a lot of misconceptions. Um, But yeah, I I can't really speak for other people, but for me as a gay man, definitely come across a lot of misconceptions all the time. And especially in an environment with straight people, I feel like when they find out I'm gay, (laughs) well, first of all, they're always like, oh, like, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. Like, I'm not, that's fine by me. And I'm like, okay, like, good. It, it should be. <laughs> they always feel the need to like, let me know that they're like, oh yeah, like I'm, I'm cool with that. It's fine. <laughs> and then, um, yeah. And then they'll just, a lot of the time they'll just ask really dumb questions like, oh, so do you, oh, do I, I really, I'm struggling to think of any off the top of my head, but there are many misconceptions. Maybe I'll get someone else on the pod and we can have that discussion as well. But thank, thanks for that, Chloe. That's really that's a really good and topical thing of what I'm talking about. Um, another one I've got, hang on, I'm just looking through them. Douglas said, it's a sin overall thoughts slash reaction. If there's a season two, what would you like to see? Douglas, I'm so fucking glad that you've mentioned it's a sin. Oh my God. Anyone who, so it's a sin, if anyone doesn't know, is a new series that's just come out on Channel 4 written by Russell T Davis and it is about the AIDS pandemic in the 80s uh it's set in London and it basically documents um it, it's like a drama but it documents the impact that that had on gay men at the time and it's basically this just snapshot of a period of time that was so kind of traumatic um for gay people but also um the characters in it really seek refuge in each other it's got this uh it's about these five characters. They live in a um, flat that they call the Pink Palace and they throw parties there all the time. Oh my God, it looks so, it looks like they have a lot of fun. Um, it really, it really actually does capture um, 
the LGBTQ lifestyle, I think, in that show. Um, and I mean, I, I didn't, I wasn't alive in the 80s, so I don't know what it was actually like then. Um, but from reviews I've read and from people I've seen comment on it, it, it seemed very reflective of the realities of that time. Um, and yeah, overall thoughts, one of the best TV series I've ever watched. I actually had to stop watching it after the second episode. There's five episodes. I'd stop watching it after the second episode because I was so emotionally attached to it. I mean, obviously being gay, you kind of see yourself in the um, in the show. And I was just crying my eyes out watching it. I was bawling. It was so intense and emotional to watch. Um and then yeah when i finished the final episode i mean i'm not going to not going to say any spoilers but oh i have never watched a show before where i have cried so like ugly cried so much oh yeah and absolutely such important storytelling you know it, it's something that doesn't get talked about enough age is a very taboo subject um and i know for a fact that i never had any education on it growing up you know, we had obviously sex education classes. AIDS would be listed as, like HIV AIDS would be listed as one of the sexually transmitted diseases that you can catch. But we never had the, we never got, got taught any of the stuff that they show in this program. Um, so phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, you know, we don't get taught even about what gay is or L, what LGBT means. So of course we're not going to get taught about fucking the AIDS pandemic. Um, but we should. And I think that show is fantastic. Amazing. Um, if there's a season two, what would I like to see? Honestly, I think they... I don't know. I think they did a really good job of covering so many different um, sides to the story and like aspects of what happened. So I don't think they really need to do a season two. I would have loved to have seen the characters fleshed out a little more. Five episodes, I, oh, I could have watched about 50 of it. Um, but yeah, if they were to do a season two, maybe they could focus on, like, other characters more? Um, or just... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but fantastic series. Anyone who hasn't watched it, I highly recommend. It's a sin. It's amazing. All right, I'll do one do one more of these questions. All right, my friend Louisa has said, why are gay clubs better? <laughs> uh, Louisa is my friend who took me to my first ever gay club when I was 18. Hi, Lou. Uh, me and Lou have probably been to about... How many gay clubs do you reckon we've been to together? I think a lot. We've been to a lot. Um, we went travelling together a few years ago. So we've been to like the best gay clubs in Thailand, in Bali, in Australia. Um, and then also we've been to like Pride events together. Oh, they're amazing. I just think, for me as a gay man, I find gay clubs such a safe space... Um, I think people are less aggressive in gay clubs. I think there's less uh, people being like pervy and me and like uh, horrible towards girls. Um, and like us gay men, we can kind of handle that shit, so it's fine. But for girls to have a safe space is brill. Um, and I and I love the music. I think the music in gay clubs is brilliant. Um, like I said before, gay people have impe impeccable music taste. It's just a fact. And yeah, gay clubs are just fucking great. Um, go gay clubbing, people. Obviously, you can't right now, but do it. It's fun. And also, gay people... <laughs> should I say that? I don't know if I should say that. Gay people love sniffing poppers. And um, <laughs> it's quite fun. 
I'm going to cut that out. No, I'm not. Okay. Uh, yeah, let's move on to the next segment, shall we? It's album of the week time. Woo! Okay. Um, I said I've got impe- impeccable music taste. And uh, let me tell you, I've got a corker of an album this week to recommend for you. Um, so this is a bit of a sad part of the podcast um, because I've I've kind of been grieving the last couple of days um, because the artist I'm choosing is somebody who has meant a lot to me in the past few years and really kind of changed the game in terms of music production and, um, yeah, basically created a whole new genre. Um, so the, art- the artist I'm talking about is Sophie. Um, she was a transgender woman who um, kind of came onto the scene, I'd say about 2013, um, produced for a lot of acts like Madonna, Charlie XCX, Vince Staples, um, and then really came into her own in 2018 when she released the album that I'm talking about, which is called Oil of Every Pearl's Uninsides. Um, This album is phenomenal. It Basically, the themes in the album, she kind of uh, talks about gender, identity, um, all different kinds of stuff. But the thing that makes this album so special is the production. Um, she, Her talent was unmatched, literally. The kind of, so, the songs on this album just speak to me on a different level. And I, I know that a lot of other people feel the same way. Um Sophie was a huge, huge role model to a lot of people in the LGBTQ plus community. And um, I was lucky enough to go and see two of her shows, actually, the year this album came out um, in Edinburgh and in Liverpool. And the atmosphere and everything was just electric. And it was just amazing seeing all these people kind of connecting through this phenomenal music. Um, And yeah, this album's amazing. Um, It's only got nine tracks. Some of the tracks are quite long, though, but honestly it's one of those albums that you just stick it on in your headphones and you can just completely lose yourself in it um the soundscapes everything is just beautiful sophie really was a pioneer and um yeah unfortunately she passed away this past week at the age of 34 and um it's been a really really like hard time for a lot of a lot of fans of um sophie because she really was a pioneer and um her music is just unlike anyone else's and it will really influence a lot of people um, going forward, undoubtedly. Um, so if you haven't heard of her or you don't know her mu- music, this album's a really good place to start, I'd say. And um, it's not going to be for everyone. I mean, if you're the kind of person who just likes to listen to like mellow, chilled out stuff, I, I, there'd probably be a few tracks on here for you, actually. But um, <laughs> it's not the kind of music that I would play for like my grandparents, you know, if they were alive. Uh <laughs> But um, it is phenomenal. Definitely one of my favourite albums of all time. And I highly recommend, once you've uh, finished this episode, that you go check it out. And rest in peace, Sophie. We love you. All right, on to something a little less sad. (laughs) Um, So, actually, it's time for me to give you my... (sighs) And my... (gasps) Of the week. Woohoo! Okay, so let's start off with my uh, of the week. 
Oh, that sounds getting a bit creepy now, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> all right, so we're going to start with something that I love this week. Um, okay, the thing that I love, this is going to be predictable after an episode of sexuality, but the thing that I love is RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> that sound effect will never get old. Ah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I love RuPaul's Drag Race, um, and the fact, specifically the fact that we've got an American season and a British season running at the same time. Oh, ah. yeah. Um, I'm a big big fan of the franchise. I, do you know what? Funnily enough, until about a year ago, I'd never watched it. Um, I was one of these people who was like, mm, yeah, just because I'm gay doesn't mean I have to be into RuPaul's Drag Race. Not, Don't really like it. Not my kind of thing. Uh, we got into this pandemic. I mean, I started getting into it before the pandemic, but oh my God, when we got into this pandemic, I literally would just sit and watch episode after episode of RuPaul's Drag Race for like weeks on end. I, I still haven't seen so many of the series, but these two that they're streaming at the moment, oh, I love them so much. Um, and... Yeah, I uh, I can't really talk about the series in detail because I'll be giving too, away too many spoilers. But oh, the cast are so good this year. Oh, I'm a big fan. Love love RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, and I also like that they are starting to include more types of drag on it and be a bit more inclusive. Um, which is exactly what we should strive to be, you know. So yeah, big big uh, uh. for RuPaul and his drag race. Her drag race. Uh, their drag race. Lovely. Um, so, yeah. Moving swiftly on, let's move on to my... <sighs> of the week. Things that make me go... <sighs> yeah. Um, so, this week, my... <sighs> is... Homophobia. Who'd have thunk it, hey? Um, yeah. Fucking hell. What, this is a big... <sighs> um, something that I have uh, encountered a lot of times in my life... Um, but this week specifically, I was talking earlier about the TV show It's a Sin. Um, the Sun newspaper, I don't even like saying its name, but the Sun newspaper posted two articles. Um, I don't know if they were both posted this week, but they're recent from the same um, journalist, basically detailing the sex scenes in Bridgerton. And then in the other article, they were detailing the sex scenes in It's a Sin. Um, and funnily enough, the way that they described the sex scenes in Bridgerton made you want to watch Bridgerton. And the way they described the sex scenes in It's a Sin, which are sex scenes between gay men, um, were not as uh, favourable. So, yeah, uh, this is still the kind of shit that we're getting given to us in the media in 2021. And I am sick of it. I don't want to hear this shit, all right? Um, oh, so, you know, and... I mean, be gay, homosexuality in the media has a very long and uh, tricky past. Um, you know, if you think back to the 80s when It's a Sin was actually based, the media posted homophobic shit, like, um, yeah, released like homophobic shit all the time, but proper demonised gay people. And, um, you know, you'd think we'd come a long way, long, uh, a long way enough to be over that shit. Um, but, you know, they're just doing it to transgender people now. And um, also still, you know, subtly putting homophobic shit in the paper in the kind of situations that I've just described there. Uh, so, yeah, um, this is the media that our country are reading and consuming. And it is a damn shame. So a big old 
for homophobia. Ain't got any time for it in 2021. Fuck off. Oh, felt quite good getting that off my chest there. Um, oh, that means that I'm leaving the podcast on quite a negative little note. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it's not because I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell you where you can find me, uh, not my address, um, Instagram and that. And I'm going to tell you what next week's topic is so you can send me in your stuff. And then that'll be the end of the podcast. Um, so yeah, I am at Ollie Ted Talks. That's my podcast Instagram. Um, so you can send me stuff on there or you can email me hello.ollyted at gmail.com. And um, next week's episode is going to be about, drum roll please. Oh, did, did that did that sound like a drum roll? No, it didn't, did it? Uh, but okay, next week's topic will be um, celebrity encounters. Yeah, I told you earlier, I love pop culture. So I want to hear your stories. Have you encountered a celebrity? Have you met somebody that you admired? How did it go? Was it good? Was it bad? I've got a few friends actually who definitely have good stories for this. So um, if you're listening and you're one of my friends and you think I'm referring to you, please email me your story. I want to be able to tell it on this podcast. Um, And I also have friends who are probably rolling their eyes right now, knowing exactly what stories I'm going to be telling of myself in the next episode. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, so, I, I love pop culture. So I'm, I'm ready to talk about some celebrity encounters. Um, so yeah, it's hello.ollyted at gmail.com or you can find me on Instagram at ollytedtalks. That's my podcast page. Yeah. Um, please contact me. Oh no. Um, but yeah, that's it for my first episode. Well, hey, we did it. I'm, I'm quite impressed with what I've done, I think. Uh, I might listen to it back and be like, yeah, that's not going on the internet. But if it has, well, you're listening to it right now and I have uploaded it. Fab news. Um, Yeah, I hope that (laughs) if you have made it to this point in the podcast, which I mean, fair play, you've listened to an hour of me chatting shit. I'm I'm impressed with you. Impressed. Um, Then I hope you've taken at least something away from it. I I don't, you know, I don't think I've ever... um, I was going to say, I don't think I've ever posted anything about what I've been through with my sexuality before, but that'd be the biggest lie ever. It's all I fucking talk about. Uh, but yeah, I I, th- I hope that you've um, taken something away from this episode. And even if you haven't, you've got some recommendations, you know, I've, I've given you podcasts, books, films, and that fantastic Sophie album, um, recommended all those for you to listen to. So, you know, get going. And, um, it's been lovely. Oh, uh, well, it's been lovely for me, but I'm just st- sad. I'm just sat in my room talking to myself. So of course I'm having a good time. Um, but yeah, if you made it to this point, thank you for listening. I'm honoured. And um, I'll see you at the next episode. Ciao. Ollie Lewis is a podcasting god. <gasps>